Occupational therapists across the globe are advocating that telehealth delivery be covered by our licenses and reimbursed by insurers. Now more than ever, I think it's important to examine the research that backs up these efforts. The reality is that even before COVID-19, telehealth was showing significant promise to help us reach more clients and even improve outcomes. This week's article is a randomized controlled trial from one of the world's most influential journals, the Journal of the American Medical Association. And the results indicate that telehealth delivered to stroke patients to address upper extremity motor deficits appear to be just as effective to similar care that was delivered in a clinic. So let's dive in. Welcome to the OT Potential Podcast, where each week we discuss one influential OT-related journal article. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Lyon, OTRL, and this week we are looking at the journal article, Efficacy of Home-Based Telerehabilitation Versus In-Clinic Therapy for Adults After Stroke, a Randomized Control Trial. Like I said, this article comes to us from JAMA, the Journal of the American Medical Association, the Neurology section. It was published in 2019. And this week's article was chosen in response to the coronavirus pandemic. The past couple of weeks, we have been handpicking some topics versus working through our typical list of the 100 most influential OT-related journal articles. Before we get into the details of this study, I wanted to step back and just talk a little bit about the history of post-stroke therapy dosing and the dilemma that occupational therapists have found themselves in. Now, the exact type and amount of therapy that is indicated following a stroke is not universally agreed upon at this point. Um, there is a lot of really great research out there, and we seem to be headed in a pretty solid direction, though. I definitely recommend uh, the journal article, Rehabilitation of Motor Function After Stroke, which you can go back and listen to on a previous podcast. That was definitely one of my favorite summaries just of where we're at overall with uh, stroke care. But of the stroke-related articles that we've studied so far, several have been really focused on this question of exactly how many repetitions are needed to impact brain plasticity. How many times do our patients have to do a certain action for the brain to really activate that healing process? And this week's article again alludes to research that indicates that the number of repetitions may be much higher than most patients receive. Research seems to be calling us to think that it might take around 1,000 repetitions in a day uh, to really activate that brain plasticity, as opposed to the usual therapy that a lot of patients receive, which typically delivers just less than 50 repetitions in that therapy session. So teletherapy in combination with other technologies is one viable option for helping people achieve this higher dosage. This is something that we've looked at multiple times already, but we're going to look at this again in the specific context of this article. So what was the primary research question in this study? The researchers hypothesized the following, that activity-based training targeting arm movement post-stroke delivered through telerehabilitation would show comparable efficacy to the equivalent therapy that would be delivered in an in-clinic setting. 
And by equivalent, I mean that it was dose-matched, intensity-matched, and activity-based training that was the same whether it was telerehab or in the clinic setting. Now let's look quickly at the demographics of the patients that participated in this study. 124 patients participated, and here were some of the inclusion criteria. That the patients were 18 years or older, that they had experienced an ischemic or intracerebral hemorrhage four to six weeks prior, and as a result had arm motor deficits, um, and also that these patients had no major deficits in mood or cognition. Now, I know that you are probably interested in the details about this specific intervention, so I did my best to pull out the high points. First, just some logistical details about these sessions. Uh, There were 36 treatment sessions. They were 70 minutes each plus a 10-minute break. 18 sessions were supervised and 18 were unsupervised, and treatment took place over a four to six week period. And those details apply to both the control group, which was the in-clinic delivery of these rehab services, and to the group that was receiving teletherapy. Some of the intervention details that apply to both groups, all patients were assigned a behavioral contract that included a personal treatment goal. The treatment approach was based on an upper extremity task-specific training manual and an accelerated skill acquisition program. I'll try to link to both of those in the OT Potential Club. Uh, The therapist could revise the treatment plans as often as desired, but revision was required every two weeks. 15 minutes per session was spent on arm exercises, at least 15 minutes per session was spent on functional training, and 5 minutes per session was spent on general stroke education. Some of the details specific to the in-clinic control group was that for unsupervised sessions, patients were in their home setting and were guided by an individualized printed booklet. For the patients that received the therapy via teletherapy, some of the details that I thought were important was there was a baseline visit where patients were trained in a telerehabilitation that was actually delivered to their home. And the system included a computer, a table and chair, and 12 gaming input devices, such as the PlayStation Move controller and a trackpad, but no keyboard for these patients. Supervised sessions began with a 30-minute patient-therapist video conference, during which time the therapist answered questions, reviewed treatment plans, performed assessments, and supervised therapy. There are a lot more details about the intervention in the article, so if this really applies specifically to you, I really hope that you seek out and read this full article. Finally, as far as details about this study, I always tried to highlight which assessments were used, and the primary assessment was the Fugelmeyer, um, which is definitely the assessment that we see in a lot of post-stroke therapy. The secondary assessments were the box and blocks test, the stroke impact scale, specifically the hand function section, and there was a stroke knowledge examination that was used, but I'm pretty sure that this was an unpublished examination. So what were the results and conclusions of this study, where they were looking at the in-clinic group versus the teletherapy group and trying to determine which treatment setting was better? The good news is that both treatment groups showed substantial gains in arm motor function. In fact, the difference between the two groups was narrow enough that the researchers concluded that the telehealth program was just as effective as the in-clinic program. The researchers also concluded that the telerehabilitation in the study was safe, 
rated favorably by patients, and associated with excellent treatment adherence. The discussion section is a really great read, but I did want to highlight that the researchers keyed in on the high patient motivation in the telerehabilitation group, which they say may have been related to ease of use, convenience, frequent interaction with clinicians, multiple means of providing feedback, use of a behavioral contract, games to drive adherence, using several input devices to practice movement, and using teletherapy systems to generate reminders. So what were my takeaways for OT professionals from this research? As always, these are just my personal takeaways. They were not mentioned specifically in the study, and they're really just meant to get your mind turning about this research. I had three takeaways, and my first just overall takeaway was that it is possible to be effective via telehealth. One of the items that we see being discussed right now is which populations can benefit from telehealth. And one of the assumptions is that populations that historically have received more hands-on therapies will be more difficult to translate to this medium. But for me, this article really pushed me to think about how recent developments in technology have opened new opportunities for us and for our patients. The article has shown how telehealth can help us meet needs in this adult rehab setting, just like the article we looked at last week showed us how we could meet needs in pediatrics. My second takeaway was that this telerehab may actually be able to help us reach more people and even improve outcomes beyond our traditional methods. What's especially crazy to me is that even before COVID-19, the authors were suggesting that telehealth may help us reach more patients and improve outcomes beyond the gains that many patients see in a traditional setting. So with this in mind, we shouldn't think of switching to telehealth as a desperate second option, but rather as an opportunity to deliver better, more needed care than we ever have before. And my third and final takeaway is that we need to keep advocating. Of course, in order to be able to deliver telehealth, we need to have the appropriate coverage from our license. And ideally, telehealth should also be covered by insurance. So please keep advocating for this. Many policymakers right now want to hear your voice. They want to hear about research like this. Almost everyone is being called right now to make many difficult decisions relatively quickly, but approving telehealth coverage for occupational therapy should not be one of these difficult choices. To me, the research backs this up and our skill set is needed by our patients. If you are a member of the OT Potential Club, we will continue to send you updates on advocacy opportunities and continue to try to curate resources for you to advocate for this telehealth coverage. But I also wanted to let you know if you're not a member of our OT Potential Club, which is our online journal club, we have also tried to make a lot of our resources public and up either on our blog or on our Facebook page. So just please know if you are a podcast listener, we really want to support you in this advocacy and to just keep help providing the resources that you need. Okay, that is all that I have for you this week. As always, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Um, and in this time, I especially want to thank you for all the work that you do for your clients and all the work that you are doing to keep our community safe during this unprecedented time. And I hope you also feel encouraged to feel like you are 
part of this broader OT community that will keep working together on these issues to help provide the needed care at this time. And as always, I hope that this podcast in some way helps you provide great care this week.